Hello, and welcome to AMM Conversation, the official podcast of the Association of Medical Media. I'm your host, Jason Karras. Season two of the podcast will explore the new normal in medical media. In this first episode, we have a roundtable of industry experts discussing how medical publishing is coping, adapting, and excelling during the COVID-19 pandemic. Our panelists today are from Helio and its parent company, the Wynoke Group. John C. Carter is Chief Operating Officer of the Wynoke Group, Helio, Helio Strategic Solutions, Helio Live, and Slack Incorporated are wholly owned subsidiaries of the Wynoke Group. John's been with the company since 1982. Also joining us is Helio's Chief Content Officer, Joan Marie Stiglich, a 25-year veteran of medical publishing. She spent the duration of her career with Helio. And last but not least, Matthew Holland, Chief Commercial Officer of Helio Strategic Solutions, where he's responsible for all print, digital, and custom sales operations for Helio. Thanks for joining me. Now let's start the conversation. What's been the biggest challenge uh, the pandemic has placed on uh, Helio and, and your organization? So we have about a 60-person newsroom, and there's a lot of road warriors, as John mentioned. Uh, but we do have staff that doesn't travel, specifically our copy editing staff, our production staff. So um, there was certainly some early challenges in terms of being able to communicate cohesively. Um, fortunately, about two years ago, we went to a completely um, paperless workflow. So not knowing this was going to happen, we were very uh, accustomed to be able to communicate uh, as copy went through from uh, assignment editor to writer, uh, back to the copy editor to who's posting the article. So we were very fortunate in that way. Yeah, and Jason, in terms of large challenges, sorry, I should have uh, I should have started here, but in terms of big challenges, uh, Helio 5.0 version 5.0 launches next week. So our largest largest product launch in about a decade uh, has been brought in um, on time and even a little bit ahead of where we expected. Um, despite being out for 11 weeks now uh, because of the pandemic. So that's been, a, that's been a significant challenge for a lot of groups. Yeah, and I, I, I was talking to some of the Elsevier folks the other day, mostly on the commercial side, and, and they actually were, were raising the flag that the production teams and those folks that do have to do a lot of that office work have been able to just nail it during this time. Um, have you guys seen any specific teams that have just really stepped up? Yeah, I think from our perspective and being fully transparent, I think we were concerned about that as well from an advertising and ad ops perspective. But, you know, that group, to John's point, who was not used at all to working remotely, uh, we kind of set them up, obviously, with the, the necessary technology, but also really reinforced the need to communicate on, on, a, on a daily basis in terms of priorities. And we haven't skipped a beat. It's been really, really fantastic. Congratulations on your launch of a huge project. I'm, I'm sure that the stress levels during this pandemic have uh, been off the charts. You know, let's talk about, you know, medical communications, um, you know, a ton of travel on the sales side, on the marketing side, on the content side. What's been the biggest difficulty there? Uh, and Joan Marie, maybe you can go into a little bit more detail. Sure. So I think the initial four to six weeks was just, we were kind of mired in the uncertainty of it all. There's so many medical meetings that happen in spring and summer. 
And we were uh, watching as these large associations really had to completely reinvent how to put on a medical meeting. And so we had to use a lot of patience uh, and reach out to our good friends at those associations so that we were uh, we had that um, information as soon as possible. And really we've in, uh, in reinvented ourselves in terms of how we are um, covering meetings. We're reaching out to key opinion leaders and the people that are the authors of the paper um, much earlier in the system um, and in, in the workflow. Um, and they've been very wonderful because they, they have good clinical content that they want to get out. So they've been very available to us. They know that Helio always abides by embargoes. Uh, so they appreciate that, you know, we have that relationship with them and we respect embargoes. Um, and then long-term, it remains to be seen. I mean, we're starting to watch uh, fall meetings make decisions on whether they're going to have a hybrid of either, you know, to have both virtual and live meetings uh, so that it, certainly we've, we've had to become much more flexible and uh, resilient in, in our patients in trying to figure out what's going to happen with all these major meetings. Jason, we're on, on both sides of that uh, as well. Our Helio Live group would be in on Kiwa Island right now for the first day of Kiwa I with about 600 of our good friends and attendees and exhibitors. Um, that meeting's been postponed till the fall, so we've had to reinvent that. We've we've uh, canceled one of our spring meetings that that was uh, right as things were breaking out in New York, and uh, we've got another fall meeting and then several winter meetings that we're doing contingency planning for, uh, not not quite knowing what to expect. But everybody's been pretty wonderful with that as well. We've done a lot of outreach to our attendees, to our exhibitors and sponsors and have found ways to make sure we're building value into the program, regardless of whether that can be run as our normal live event with virtual components or totally virtual. So uh, we see both sides of that world. When's the next time somebody's gonna actually book a hotel or a, a flight? Is that still to be determined? That's still to be determined. At this point, we've told people, um, you're gonna be home uh, through June. Don't worry about coming into the office. Don't worry about travel. Um, there's really no place to travel to uh, for the foreseeable future. So that's not a decision we need to make right now. Our fall meetings, two fall meetings are planned to go on as, as uh, scheduled or rescheduled right now. All the faculty have recommitted and plan to be at those meetings. There are no faculty travel restrictions that we've been informed of. Uh, the properties are reopening. So we're kind of taking it a step at a time. Um, and we've told the staff that, hey, we're a traveling company, so at some point when it's safe, we're going to start traveling again. And uh, we'll be in communication with you between now and then. And everybody's been pretty good with that. Matt, you know, we talked about a month ago on our, our roundtable about we're sort of in that I don't know phase. Have you guys seen anything in the last few weeks, budget cuts, budget reallocations, shifts of that nature We've not seen uh, budget cuts. If anything, we've seen reallocation from what would have been more traditional digital display and digital programs. We've got people talking to us more about custom opportunities, especially around uh, the Joan Reese point, the cancellation of, of conferences where you were going to have a lot of data uh, disseminated. You know, how can we help them? You know, get that information into the hands of the audiences that they're trying to reach. Um, some of the specialties we're in that were really impacted by, you know, elective procedures, you know, eye care and orthopedics, uh, a little bit of a pause, but we're starting to see that open up again now that surgery centers and other uh, settings are allowing patients in and, and providers in. So 
thankfully, being you know primarily a digital first organization, we've weathered this. Now, and as a, just a quick follow-up to that, again, have kind of heard that the messaging is kind of switched on the sales side to being more of a partner instead of trying to close new, de- new deals. Is that is that kind of what you guys are doing, uh, making sure that you're at the ready? Um, not not to give away the secret sauce, of course, but... Yeah, it's funny when John says that we're a traveling organization. I probably have a good half dozen salespeople that'll be the first person at Philadelphia or Newark Airport to, to get on the road and go see somebody. So the idea that we're not able to, to go and talk to clients has been an issue. Flip side of that, we're getting a lot more FaceTime and access with them because they can't travel either. So it's sort of this weird, perfect storm. Um, yes, we, we've tried to be flexible in thinking about, they had a plan, right? They figured out what they were gonna do for the year and then all this stuff happened. How do you kind of course correct? You know, how do you figure out how to get your messaging out in a way that is completely different than what you originally had scheduled? So yeah, we've had to be pretty nimble in terms of you know assets or materials or other things that they've got that we're trying to help them distribute. But you're right, it is much more we're sort of all in this together, at least from a marketing perspective. So yeah, it's um it's not pushing, it's more listening and sort of understanding. And we've heard from across the industry that, you know, digital engagement is up, some say even through the roof. Joan Marie or, or Matt, can you guys talk about, you know, what have you seen in your engagement and, and what are you guys doing to potentially capitalize on that? So our active users on our website have gone up. The frequency of which they're coming has gone up and the percentage of opens has increased. And all of that really surrounded around March 13th. Um, as we were producing a tremendous amount of COVID content and physicians were looking for a tremendous amount of COVID content, you know, we were, we were unique. They, they could certainly watch the lay press, but we were writing uh, COVID content for the healthcare professional. And um, not just that, but we were writing it specifically. What does a cardiologist need for COVID? Um, so we saw a tremendous uptick in, in terms of that, um, that content being consumed. I can tell you, we're starting to see a, you know, a small drop off. I've gotten feedback from users saying that we have a, a signature email that goes out every single day called Helio Minute. They've kind of said, hey, it's enough. <laughs> it's a lot of COVID. So um, we are certainly responding to that. Jones, Jones COVID-19 Resource Center. Joan, why don't you talk about that a little bit? So we wrote our first article in early January when it was still an unknown disease coming out of China. And, and we used very generic terms back then. Um, and so about three weeks ago, we hit the 500 item article mark uh, in our COVID Resource Center. And it really, like I said, it does speak to the fact that we're not just writing generic COVID content, but we're being very specific. And we're also talking about not just the clinical components of it, but uh, physicians' adaptation to, you know, your, your podcast is called The New Normal, is how are they dealing with practice? How are they adapting telehealth? How are they changing what they did? I mean, in the ver- you know, in the time frame of like April, we had orthopedic surgeons that were on on duty just to turn patients over in in major hospital systems. So we were covering that type of stuff also because it's so significant to how practice was changing. And from a corporate standpoint, we're fortunate with helio infectious disease news um, when this was all going down and we were making decisions to send folks home, uh, we formed a COVID-19 committee and added Joan and uh, Jared Gallagher, our infectious disease news staff writer, to that committee. 
they were talking to the, the, the leading infectious disease guys in the country and the world. And we were fortunate to have that kind of insight as we made our corporate decisions. We'll be right back after a message from the Association of Medical Media. Hi, I'm Jess Campbell from the Association of Medical Media. We're thrilled you're listening to our new podcast series, AMM Conversation. Along with our podcast, AMM is pleased to host a variety of resources for our members, located within the Knowledge Exchange on ammonline.org. Among these member resources are presentations and recaps from previous educational sessions and our Medical Media Matters fact sheets that cover key topics underscoring the value and importance of medical publishing. The AMM is proud to be there to support everyone through these difficult times. And while we wish we could gather in person as a community, for now, we hope you keep an eye out for our next virtual event. You can find out more, access our Knowledge Exchange, and become an AMM member by visiting ammonline.org. We're back with the team at Helio chatting about the new normal in medical media. Let's get back to the conversation. You know, are there any conversations around you know, we understand some of this uptick is because folks are trapped. Uh, folks are in, in their homes or may have a little bit extra time on their hands. But have you talked about how we're going to, you know, capitalize on this uptick, bring these users back more frequently, or make sure to engage the new users that we've identified? One of the things um, I know you would, well, had hoped we talk about is, you know, what have we done differently um, as a reaction to COVID. One is this um, ability to harness the analytics that have been sitting there for unfortunately six to nine months with the new uh, website. There is this keyword technology that is AI, but it's um, improved, but with human intervention. Well, we've been using that since September on the back end, and we've been harnessing uh, these keywords to see adoption of, you know, and the content needs of our physicians. So the fact that we're doing that now in the COVID world, that's great. But we now have that technology has become part of our DNA. And so we will continue to use that. So we're journalists. We've, you know, we've always reacted to the news. But now we can see not just what's important for the news at the moment, but are the physicians actually consuming that content? And we can be able to see keywords trend up and trend down and react to that. So that's just become now part of the news organization's DNA, which is really rewarding. Sometimes good things come out of a crisis, right? Yeah, I would agree. And I've also had this aspiration to, I mean, we're in large newsrooms, you know, 60 people is, is not insignificant. And I always wanted to have a stand up every single day. And to get 60 people in a room is, is, is a little unwieldy. But we've adapted Slack chat. Um, we have an 11.50 a.m. every day. People pitch story ideas. They're communicating. And we're able to collaborate on content. You know, me as medicine is expanding, it's also so much crossover content. And they're able to share ideas. Um, we can have really important conversations about, say, telehealth that we wouldn't have if people were having them in each one of their smaller news groups. So um, that type of stuff you know, something I always aspired to have is, is finally happening and, and we're using technology to, to make it happen. Fantastic. You know, John, you know, I, I was going to ask you about a, a group or, or a department that's really surprised you. Do you want to talk about all the effort in the group? I'm sure that there's a core group and then a lot of others that have been part of your new platform. That's Helio version 5.0. And yes, it is a large group. It's uh over 40 people in the core construction group from um, our UX team to our UX design team, IT, of course, uh, news, sales, and our audience development teams for over two years. 
and that's all coming to fruition now. It's all been finished virtually, which is amazing. And uh, that's required tremendous cooperation, coordination and communication uh, to bring that project in on time. And to see everybody uh, roll with the punches as the pandemic unfolded, change to a work from home environment and still bring the project in as expected has uh, truly been amazing and uh, rewarding. Matt, John Marie, any other groups that you might want to highlight? The, the one group that did not necessarily surprise, and I think that's important for us as an organization, is the sales team. I mean, so we actually already started, you know, more of a flex schedule for them leading up to this. And I think that just got accelerated by the fact that, you know, people couldn't go to the office and, and couldn't travel. So, you know, what we've tried to focus on for them and for others is more structured kind of regular communication. And so it creates some level of normalcy in the week with regular status calls and updates and that sort of thing. But um, from a productivity perspective, you know, the amount of work they're putting through right now is probably at its peak or, or higher than it's ever been. So thankfully, we kind of have that mindset in place going into this. And so they're they're doing what they need to do. You know, again, the, the print advertising operations part of what we were doing is a little bit different because those folks had been in the office constantly. But again, we've not had any issues working with our printers, working with Joe Marie's team, making sure everything was getting done. Uh, I'd sing their praises, you know, seven days a week. They, they've done a fantastic, fantastic job. Christine Martinick, our advertising sales uh, lead, um, said as this was unfolding that uh, the sales team was as busy as they've been in peak RFP season. So again, incredible to deal with that at the same time you're making those changes to workflow. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, again, one of those oddities of the slowdown. You know, work from home, John, you said you have 280 employees corporate-wide. What percentage of those were work from home or flex schedule before? What are you looking for moving ahead? Yeah, I would say sales, Matt, probably 50% work from home before this or, or flexible schedule. All of the YNO group has flex time throughout the year to some extent. So we, we've become accustomed to that. So uh, the acceleration was somewhat natural, but also very rapid. Uh, and yeah, now we're asking the questions if people have been productive and successful for two and a half, three months at home now, how do you tell them they need to come back in the office? Uh, at least until we can all get in a room together and, and have a meeting. And there is no substitute for that. We do think that there's a time yeah. and a place for us to come back and be able to sit with each other. Um, but it's not now, and it's not going to be for a little bit. When we can do it again safely, we'll do it. But other than that, it's tough to say um, you're getting your job done, but we want you to come back because why? Yeah, there's a, a report in Scholarly Kitchen that listed 10 reasons that you have to at least get to the office once in a while and, and be face-to-face, -face, the micro interactions and support systems and, and those kind of things. What is the thought process with work from home or have there been any specific issues with work from home? There haven't been any specific, specific issues. In fact, like I said, uh, we've really been excelling in this experience. Um, we do tend to have personalities that like to talk to each other and like human interaction. And I think the longer this has gone on, the more I've realized it. And certainly in the very beginning of being on Zoom all day, people were just kind of getting down to business. And now you're starting to hear people chit-chatting about their, you know, their dog and their kids and the weather, because I think people just kind of crave that. And the one special thing about Black and Helio and Wyanoke is that 
there's a lot of people that work together for many, many years, and we have long histories with each other. We know each other's families, and to not hear those stories on a regular basis, I feel like that's, for me, what I'm missing out on, and I, I'm starting to hear that, um, you know, from other people, too. So I, I've definitely seen there's a little bit of tone difference in the zone, Zoom calls, and just, we want to hear how everybody's doing, and that's not a bad thing. And so I can't imagine ever being 100% work from home because, you know, we still want to talk and see each other. Matt, you've talked about Zoom fatigue. <laughs> Man, Zoom fatigue. Yeah, I think it's um, the idea that when we first started, everybody was really trying to be buttoned up about it and, and looking like we do now with collared shirts on. And now it's dogs barking, it's kids running in, grabbing homework off the printer, whatever it is. So I think, if anything, you know, I think it's forced people to be a little bit more relaxed in how they communicate, which is not necessarily such a bad thing because John talked about, you know, the transition of the work part of this, but we've all had to deal with kids and, and parents and family and everyone else. So it's sort of you know, the idea of trying to get your day job done while life is kind of going on around you. I think, if anything, that's taught us all to be a little bit more flexible. And grateful. I think we all, um, not just in uh, the daily news, but in the headlines in our publication and the stories we hear from uh, our KOL friends, uh, there's a lot of people hurt out there, a lot of people suffering and um, at times you even feel a little bit a little bit guilty that uh, we're doing as well as we're doing, but uh, we keep keeping on, keep trying to support and help where we can and um, take care of our folks. It's interesting to that point, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who works for a consumer digital health media company yesterday. And even, you know, and you look at industries like travel and hospitality and automotive who are really, really devastated by all this. And thankfully, what we do lines up with what's happening in the world. But even the consumer health company was impacted pretty negatively because you're not going to market to a consumer in this situation who can't go to the doctor, who can't have a procedure done. So it, 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 to John's point, it really kind of strikes a chord where you realize we've been very, very lucky kind of get through this, but get through it in a, in a really you know, good place. I sit on the Coalition for Healthcare Communications uh, executive board as well. And every couple of weeks we jump on a call. And as Matt just alluded to, if you're a healthcare company like the YNO group and healthcare is all we do, we're okay right now. If you're one of, part of a big holding company, um, consumer advertising has been affected the way it is. That has a trickle down effect to our uh, healthcare colleagues in those agency arms, uh, and we're certainly hearing that. Anybody worried that as summer's approaching, the temperatures are warming, schools and remote learning, thank the Lord, will be ending? <laughs> Is there some a little bit of concern that there might be just a little disruption might be coming and might have to tighten the belts or or, or focus a little bit more on um, organizational structure and getting the work done? I would say the opposite. Our our the owner and president. Uh, Peter Slack has really been encouraging us to use our vacation and to not um, let the fatigue um, affect what we're doing. I mean, he's really, um, in fact, he does a, a weekly call um, that he records and he was talking about Zoom fatigue just today. So uh, we want people to start using their vacation and um, enjoying time with their family. Um, they, we've always managed to, everybody got their vacation done in, in, the, in a calendar year. So we know we can weather it um, even in COVID. So. I think it'll be interesting though, 
come September, you know, in October and November, and you know, we were having this conversation, Jason, with our kids the other night. It's like all of a sudden Memorial Day hit and everything's fine. And we're trying to explain to them that everything is not fine. Yeah. Um, and nothing's really changed in the, in the world in terms of vaccines and cures. But I think this has been a, a period that we've all gotten through. But you get back into school in September and October and there's split schedules. It's online or they're wearing masks or that, I think, will be sort of for us, at least in my opinion, the second wave of how we then deal with all of that stuff, which I think is just going to be you know, new for everybody at that point. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things with work from home, the research says that, you know, empl some employees get anxious about, you know, do my supervisors and colleagues think that I'm actually accomplishing my work may not be the same in, in our industry as it would be if you're an engineer or, you know, manufacturing, but there is, you know, there is a connection. I thought you were going to bring up my, were you talking to my wife about the fact that she actually wants to get into the office and talk to people and she's sick and, and tired of seeing us. But uh, I think what we, um, I can't speak for Joan Ray on this, but what we do is measured every day, right? Joan's generating people coming to our site and we're hopefully generating sales and revenue. So you can't, you can't hide from that um, in terms of performance. So that's a good thing. It doesn't matter where you're doing it as long as, you know, you're, you're getting it done. And, and I think um, the idea you know, that, that we can't really, or the issue we can't really correct for is putting people together in, in one location, which to John's earlier point, you know, I'm, I'm a, a relatively um, relatively new at two years almost, and I've got people you know, who I've worked with, or, or John and Joan Marie have been in for a very long time, who are used to seeing each other on a very regular basis. And so you can't really replace that other than really trying to communicate, staying in touch with people and then really staying attuned to good days, bad days, and how people are acting and, and reacting and making sure that you're sensitive to that. But it, it's hard. I mean, from a, a physical sort of in the office sort of company to be able to correct for that, you can't, unfortunately, at this point in time. Yeah, early on, we asked managers to make sure that they were staying in contact with their staff on a regular basis, a more regular basis, even than when we were in the office, that we were sending out those messages about take a break when you need it. Don't let this get to you. We understand that things are different. Show more flexibility and, and share a little bit too. Um, and let people know that uh, we all have our good days, we all have our bad days, and that's okay. And to reach out when you're feeling that way. I was surprised as we talked with, with people, you know, you, you talk about kids in school and parents and things like that. The folks that I, I found were feeling it the most were young folks on their own, living alone, and stuck in their uh, studio apartment or one-bedroom apartment with, with really nowhere to get away from work and, and one day blending into the next. So we're trying to be aware, especially of folks like that, and, and make sure we don't leave them alone. That is all for this episode of AMM Conversation, official podcast of the Association of Medical Media. Thank you for listening. Make sure to join us next week as we continue exploring the new normal in medical media with Elsevier's Dennis Conlon, Alejandro Alvarez, and Sumner Mary. More information on the new normal in medical media is available at ammonline.org. Make sure to listen and subscribe to the AMM Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. 
The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the guests and not necessarily to the host, the Association of Medical Media, or any other group or individual.